Hey guys, I'm Landon. And I'm McKinley. And this is the third episode of Bikini Bottom Live, where we cover Tea at the Tree Dome, also known as episode 1C, air date May 1st, 1999, runtime 11 minutes, aired alongside Help Wanted and Reef Blower. These are the first three episodes of Spongebob that all premiered at the Kids' Choice Awards in 1999. This is the first episode to introduce Sandy Cheeks as a character, voiced by Carol Lawrence. When we first see her, she's fighting a giant clam, and Spongebob has to look her up in a dictionary to, f- to remember that she's a land squirrel. Yes, and Sandy uh, does not have a tail here. She does not have a tail for the entire first season. Uh, they added a tail in later that pokes out of the suit in season two, so kids would know that she's a squirrel. And not a chipmunk or something, like a, or a beaver. Um, and she lives in a dome that we see that has a big tree in the middle, um... The whole plot of this episode will be that uh, Spongebob does not know what air is. And he finds out very quickly what air is. And it's some of the best cartoon television <laughs> of all time. It's so funny. If uh, you look up some of the um, original concept art of Sandy, we, we see her in a spacesuit. But they meant to make it look even more like a spacesuit with air tanks on the back. And also have it be a little slimmer on her. But instead they went with a more bulky suit without air tanks on the back a more 60s nasa look but she doesn't have the big box on her back yeah rather than looking more like a scuba diver she looks just more like a very bulky astronaut suit so let's dive in are you ready kids aye aye captain i can't hear you After Spongebob looks in his dictionary and finds out that it's a squirrel, he sits and watches her fight this giant clam for a while before she gets swallowed up by it and Spongebob attempts to rescue her. After Spongebob fails to get her out and gets trapped in the clam himself, Sandy then frees him and kicks the clam miles away. Here we see their first introductions to each other when they both learn that they love karate. Yes, and that will be a... uh... I guess run, it's not a running gag, but it's... It's, it's a running theme for the theme. entire yeah. show is that Spongebob and Sandy absolutely love karate. And there's a later episode entirely about this as well. Yes. After they both introduce themselves to each other, Spongebob asks about her helmet, and that's when Spongebob first learns about air. He doesn't know what it is, but still wants to show off to her, so he talks about it as if he knows what it is. Yeah, he says, air's a middle name. I love air. Can't live without it. And Sandy's like, great. Here's a map to my house. And it's just like a little treasure map. It says, where you are, which is out in the middle of the, this field. And she just has this on her for some she reason. pulls it out, out of nowhere. And it's like Sandy's house. So SpongeBob, because he does like Sandy. Uh, and Sandy does like him. So this is, all, this is, this is technically a, a date has been set up. Um, they never date in the show, but they might as well have. Um, so he goes and tells Patrick he wants information about air. Like he wants, like you know, like he needs he needs a guy because SpongeBob's technically about to go on a date. So he needs to be like, well, I just told this girl I like air. I don't even know what air is. It's very very Seinfeld uh, or something like that. But Patrick's laying on his on the top of his rock with these little green. They're like not sunglasses, but they're they cover like they're to cover up the sun. Like so, I guess I guess they are sunglasses. But yeah, he looks so funny with these green glasses, and then and he's like, Patrick, what's air? 
and then he, he gets up and he and he and he's like, "Do you mean she puts on airs? That's fancy talk." And <laughs> then Patrick just tells him to put his pinky up because that's fancy. Yeah, that's the definition of fancy, and uh, it's so funny because when he pulls his glasses off, he's like. He's, uh, look, he, he's like, really, Spongebob? That's fancy talk. You mean she puts on airs? <laughs> we see Patrick do this uh, later as well in the um, the uh, episode Sailor Mouth, where Spongebob asks him what a, what a word means, and of course it's censored with the, with the dolphin noise, <laughs> and he says, that's just a sentence enhancer. <laughs> yes, which I guess it is especially if you're a stand-up <laughs> comedian a sentence enhancer um <laughs> so funny so spongebob and patrick go to the tree dome patrick waits outside but you know sandy doesn't really have a lot of privacy her whole dome is glass i mean later on we'll get to where she can cover it up with this steel thing where she sings uh the country song i want to go home so patrick and spongebob go to the tree dome uh, Patrick waits outside and watches uh, w- this date about to unfold to the glass like a creeper. <laughs> and he just puts his big belly up to the glass. <laughs> but Spongebob goes inside, the, goes inside the airlock and all the water drains out. This is one of the only times where we actually see the airlock function. And it has a intercom system and a flashing red light and everything. But in later episodes, they almost just walk straight through the airlock without having to wait for it to drain. Yeah, and we do see the airlock in the one where she's hibernating, and then it opened up and it's snow, and it's like a little TV where she's like, don't come in here, basically like the little videotape. But um, yeah, SpongeBob immediately realizes like, this isn't water, like I'm drying up, and uh, it's, this is so funny, like SpongeBob, uh, Tom Kenny is just killing it with this dry voice, and they drove, they they drew SpongeBob so perfect, like his eyes are dilating, he looks dehydrated, his lips are curled up, and he's like, he can't function. <laughs> like, he's like, <gasps> when he first comes out of the air, like he flops around like a fish on land. Yeah, and he's like, Sandy, there's no water in here. And then it's like, it's a panoramic shot of her tree dome the, showing the, the classic l- nature sweeping <laughs> shot, like the there's butterfly and the bird, and, and he's and then he keeps he starts grabbing at the air because he's like there's no water, and uh, Sandy's showing him around, you know, and she's not in her suit now; she's in her. She's in her uh, underwear almost. Well, it's, it's meant a, to be it, like a bikini. It's a bikini, but it's basically her underwear. <laughs> since we show, are shown, since we're shown in later episodes that she is just wearing it under her suit. Right, but very odd. Yeah, like they didn't give Sandy like clothes. They just didn't give her like because she's the house not clothes. in the water in her bathing. I don't suit. think we ever see her in just clothes. She either has on her suit or in her underwear. Well, it's a swimsuit. But still, it's like, yeah, she doesn't wear, well, like, pants or shorts or anything. She, she's wearing her bikini, except she wears her bikini when she's not in the water. Yeah, and Very, I, I'm, just, I'm just wondering, like, did they do that so kids would know that Sandy's a girl? That is possible. Because, you know, that's kind of like the joke later on where they do the challenge, and he's like, she takes off her suit, and Patrick's like, Sandy's a girl? <laughs> 
It's like, yeah, so I guess so that's why they, they gave her a two-piece bathing suit. To make sure kids knew that she was a girl. Because, I mean, you really wouldn't know. Yeah, because tons she of... She doesn't have lipstick. No, and tons of characters have high-pitched voices. Yeah, and SpongeBob's the one with the biggest eyelashes, too, so... No real indications, I guess, for a, a kid to well, know They do the same girl. thing with the fish. I mean, some of them... Yeah, a lot of the fish, like... The, the fish wear bikinis if they're women. Yeah. Or if they're guys, they're shirtless... Or their pants shirtless or pantsless, <laughs> but if it's a girl, they always have at least two pieces. On. Which yeah, you know, I'm you know I'm glad they went with the two piece for Sandy. It would really look weird if she was like all, some of the other characters in the show. But anyway, uh, yeah. So we get this long uh, sequence of SpongeBob like trying to find water, and he sees the bird being happy, flopping in the little uh. Little bird, bird bath. bath, and Sandy's talking about her dome, and SpongeBob's not listening at he's, all. He's just looking he at this, glancing back at, at the bird, bird bath. bath, and then while she's talking, he leaps and jumps <laughs> at it, and uh, then jumps right back. Like he, he just, that water didn't even help. They go sit down at the table, and SpongeBob, all he's looking at is the flowers that. Uh, he gave Sandy. She put him in a, a vase of ice cold water, and she's asking him a question. He's just going like, uh. "He's like SpongeBob." Oh, the cookies are done. And she, so she leaves, and we just get this sequence of uh, him looking at these ice cubes floating around and saying, "I don't need it." In, in his head, his I internal monologue. I don't need it. It's probably one of the one of some of the best. It's so funny. Best. Because it just builds and builds and builds and builds and it, it just stops. The music stops. Everything stops and goes, I need it. And then he rocket ships up and <laughs> smacks. off of the top of the dome and smacks back down on the table. And Patrick's banging on the glass. Like, no, no, don't drink it. <laughs> and he's like, pinky. And he goes, He puts pinky, up, his, puts and up he his pinky and guzzles, guzzles. down the drink. And uh, it, it still doesn't it doesn't help him. So he still attempts to escape from the dome. And this is when Patrick runs through the just in, bu- busts through the airlock and starts uh, dragging SpongeBob away. And this, this is, is where, so funny. This is where Patrick finds out what air is. Yeah, he's walking right. SpongeBob, and he just slowly starts sagging and starts melting. crawling around along the ground. And we get his head deflating. It's so. Um, it's been used in many memes where he's just like looking up with his head to have deflated, and he's like, "I can't even do it." Like Phil, uh, Bill Fagerback, he really out there. Sounds like a, like a, a car, old car, car puttering. It's like, and and it's yeah, it's just it's so funny. Like we get a, we get another sequence of them trying to open the airlock and escape <laughs> until finally uh, Sandy walks back out with the cookies and finds, uh, we just see a picture of an actual sp- kitchen sponge and starfish. <laughs> yes. If I could remember everything that Patrick says, I mean that I would pull it and say that all the time. He's like, you're not, and Punch's like, you're not doing it right. And he's like, there's no water in here. <laughs> he's like, who can live in these conditions? He says something like, that. "Yeah, this, this, just Patrick realizing that there's no water inside is way funnier than SpongeBob. I just, it's just you don't expect Patrick just to deflate and 
and be like, why, God, why? And, yeah, then trying to open the door, and then, yeah, I like the shot of the real sponge, like, real kitchen sponge dude, is, and real sea star. Dude, this is something else they continue to do throughout the rest of the series, is show, like, real uh, stuff and, like, real images. Of- or, like, highly detailed paintings of their faces, which yeah. they kind of got from Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy did that first, which I like that they did it, too, because it, it's like hyper exaggerated faces and really the facial in. expressions in this episode are like toe to toe with like Chuck Jones they Looney Tunes. Make this episode. It's like when Chuck Jones figured out that Looney Tunes was funnier when they did these simple faces where their eyes were crossed or something. That's what it's like in this episode. SpongeBob's eyes dilating and Patrick and them were like it's so funny. Some of the best facial expressions in cartoons. Speaking of when it shows their like the real sponge and uh, starfish, uh, this is also the episode that introduced them drying out right. when they're in air, and then it shows you know their completely dried out forms. And this is brought back in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie at the end where they're in Shell City and they do get dried out and they turn into a real sponge and starfish. And you think they're dead? Yeah. It's a very emotional scene. Yes. And what and like you realize it's the climax of the film, but so does the pirates watching the film. The 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 weird fourth wall where the pirates <laughs> from the beginning of the movie who have been watching this the entire time all start crying. Like they like, oh no, they're gonna die. <laughs> and the lonely tear saves them. Uh should have been the end of the series. But I digress. Um so Sandy saves them by getting a hose from outside, and she builds them a custom helmet that's basically just a fishbowl with a hole cut in the bottom. That So it's like a water helmet for them, and she puts water in it, and then, uh, now we can have that tea! And they, uh, they can't drink the tea because they, they break the glass smash. So she puts the tea bag in the... Uh, their water bowls, and basically they have a, now a, like a sweet tea, because she's from Texas, so they have sweet tea helmets, which we were laughing about when we were watching it, it's like, because we live in the South, so we were like, surprised people in the South haven't tried this, where like, they're you just, just going to have a helmet full of a sweet tea, full of sweet tea, or an IV or something, but yeah. Maybe this is just an untapped market that we need to get into. But yeah, I like that they, they're... Not only breathing in the water, they're breathing in the sweet tea, and they because it's not hot tea. So Patrick's raising his pinky for sweet tea, which is even more funny. Uh, but yeah, I I really like this episode. It's really funny. I like I like Sandy. She's a great character. She's uh, she gets better as she goes on, especially with the bullworm episode. That's her greatest episode. Uh, and then the one where they compete to see if land critters are better than sea creatures. That one's really funny. Uh, especially when she's a puppet. That's so funny. Because uh, it's, it's just like a squirrel puppet that got at the store. <laughs> and they put a little glass helmet on it. But um, This episode premiering alongside Reef Blower and Help Wanted in the 1999 Kids' Choice Awards. I was too young to, to watch that. But for anyone who might have seen that... Uh, that just had to be amazing. Seeing those three episodes for the very first time, it's very obvious why this show got picked up and became 
so popular and that they chose to premiere it at the Kids' Choice Awards because they obviously, the executives of Nickelodeon knew something was very special about this show. Yeah, I, if I could go back in time, I would go, the age I am now, go back to the 1999 Kids' Choice Awards and just be in the middle of the crowd and just get the very first live reaction to Spongebob. Uh, especially Tea of the Tree Domes. That's so funny. And, you know, by that time, even though that had only been like 15 minutes, they probably have had gotten a good grasp on Spongebob. Even better one in that episode because, you know, it, the trifecta is not in it. Uh, that's that's the first one. But uh, Sandy, you know, good replacement for Squidward in that one uh, because... She's so happy and country and does karate and stuff. But um, now we need to give the creator some credit. The creator of the show, Stephen Hillenberg. Also, we have Peter Burns, Doug Lawrence, and Paul Tibbet as the writers. Uh, lead animator, Tom Yasumi. Another thing I noticed in this episode is if you do listen to Sandy explaining her dome, she explains that the dome is actually made out of plastic, which is... I think something that is actually not really touched upon in later uh, episodes, because we'd see the dome breaking like it's glass. I don't know if that's actually how that specific plastic behaves, or if they just, you know, assume that no one would be listening to Sandy talk about her dome, considering SpongeBob isn't as well. I mean, yeah, they really expand on Sandy later on. They get, you know, they show her parents. Uh, she actually goes to texas in an episode and like spongebob tries to save her because uh, she's like in the rodeo um and then we later on we get her i want to go home song uh she knows about alaskan bullworms she's a karate master there's one uh that's the special i forgot what it was called but it was basically a take on um uh bruce lee's game of death where every level is like a better master uh, very, very odd episode. Yeah. It, was, it was all just to sell real estate. It's very, very. Fun. Yeah, but it's not very SpongeBob. No, it's definitely well, at least not. the SpongeBob we like, which is the first. <laughs> it's three still seasons. a good episode though, but definitely doesn't feel well, right. I mean, I, it's neat that they did like a take on Game of Death, but yeah, it's it's not really funny. It's just like action, but like quirky action because the way he, she defeats all those people is very weird. Yeah, um, they all have a weird weakness. It's almost like a video game. And also later on, we get to see her, um, I guess they're like her professors or the people funding the dome. Yeah, they're like monkeys. These, these chimpanzees who are like giving her these grants to, to live down here. Which are also tinier than her, and she's a squirrel. Very odd. I mean, we do see a lot of weird si- you know, like, yeah, like size differences. Scaling does show. not make sense in Spongebob. No. In the movie, it does. Yeah, we see you know Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy later, but they're the size of fish, but then we see full-sized humans in things like the movie, and they're mm. f- the correct size. Which, that might be why they kept Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy out of the movie, because the because the, so the scaling would make sense. I want to say that they did Maybe like, you know, as they usually do, retcon that and give some sort of reasoning for Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy being the size. But do they we are. need a retcon for that? Yeah, I don't think so. No. I mean, it's a cartoon. It's like yeah. it's like the dome thing. I mean, no one cares. They like if they just if they want a cool effect where it buzzed, they're gonna do it. Uh, and what um, 
what what episode is it where SpongeBob he absorb he oh yeah he he uh covers up the hole in the dome and he fills up the entire dome with his body. I don't remember which one that was. But yeah, that does happen. There's a hole in the dome, so SpongeBob covers it up with his body and he and he becomes the size of the dome like to fill it up. I just can't remember which one I don't it is. remember that one. It was later on, maybe season four or five, but, um, but yeah, the the tree the tree dome, the tree dome does not change. It's like, you know, they they kept it the same. The tree in the middle. I mean, later on, she gets like a lab and robots and all that kind of crazy stuff. But yeah, we, yeah, we do see inside the tree as well in a lot of the later episodes. I'm glad they didn't try to make it like a, like a domed little community or city of of squirrels it's just her because she's like a scientist so she's and doing she, underwater uh, work she's living underwater and uh speaking of the dome uh, i'm wondering if someone's done the math to figure out how thick of a like a wall mm. would need to be on this dome both in either plastic or glass to support living at the ocean floor in this dome I mean, the air pressure just inside the dome alone would be in, absolutely insane. Right. You know, there's some uh, great YouTube videos uh, from people like Chris Hatfield living in you know these deep sea research facilities and you know showing off how the air pressure changes things. You know that would be insane. The air pressure in that in that dome. Well, transparent aluminum hasn't been invented yet, so that's the only way I could think. That it would work, like from Star Trek Four, but I don't know. I think glass, since you know, glass is so solid. Since metal is malleable, I would think that glass would might be able to support more pressure overall before fully snapping. I don't know. I'm we, not a I'm disclaimer. Not a scientist. Disclaimer: We are not physicists. Yeah. So let's do our favorite moments and favorite quotes from this episode. Killing? I'm gonna have to go with the the obvious one, which is just Patrick <laughs> puttering out when he first walks into yeah, the dome. That's probably my favorite. It's too. just so well executed, both on the animators' part and Bill Fagerbaki's part. I mean, just that sequence alone should have an Emmy. Them not them needing water. It's like. You want them to have the water. It's, yeah, it's so funny. Uh, my favorite quote from this is probably, Do you mean she puts on airs? That's fancy talk. <laughs> I, I wanted, I'm wondering why they never brought back the little glasses he had. I know. Because like, that was just so funny for some reason. <laughs> he just has all these little glasses while he's like sunbathing. Which you know, star starfish actually do, but he doesn't do that later on. He's always no, under the. He's rock. always he's he's stuck to a lot of surfaces like that in a lot of the episodes. But this is, I think, the, like one of the only times in these you know <laughs> seasons, the first seasons, where he's just laying like sunbathing with these little glasses on. And I'm yeah, I'm glad he went to Patrick. I'm like not to Squidward because it wouldn't have been the same. Uh, yeah, I like Patrick outside the dome, sticking his pinky up, like you know. Stay fancy, even though you're dying. Like, I guess, but he doesn't know he is. But I, I guess he just thought he was cracking under like the pressure of it, and he doesn't understand that he's drying out. I also would like to know, like, why some of the creatures in SpongeBob don't talk, like giant clams, for especially because this one doesn't talk, 
And then the one uh, where Wait. SpongeBob throws the peanut at him. I'm pretty sure we do see the clams just speak like a few words in some episodes just for the comedic effect. But we never really are shown that the clams And they don't have are, eyes. Yeah, but we're never really shown that the clams or the oysters are actually like sentient. They do have a clam child later on too. There's, yeah, very odd episode. Clams are weird because they're not pets in the show. No. Well, clams in general are weird. Yeah, in real life and in the <laughs> they're show. They're very weird. Very strange creatures. They're very useful though. They clean out uh, water. In what? I mean, they, they they filter water. That's how they feed. Is they usually filter oh, out yeah. a lot of pollutants. So a lot of uh, you know, like water ecosystems, these places are having to reintroduce them because they keep the mm. water purified. Very strange. Creatures. I want to say that uh, New York might have just recently introduced a lot of oysters into the Hudson River hmm. to help keep it clean. Wow. Yeah, yeah. A lot of clams later on, which in. They also kind of act as roosters sometimes or birds. Yeah. Because they kind of fly. Because that's how they are in real life. They'll yeah, they, open their mouth and close yeah. it to move. They'll squirt like these little water, like water from them to move around. Which, you know, that's Steve Hillenberger, marine biologist, with his knowledge right there. I mean, yes, it's a cartoon, but some of it's like, that's actually what the creatures do. Um... Yeah, there's just three characters in this episode, but it's perfect episode. Like I said, I don't think there's a bad episode of the first three seasons. Uh, you know, there's some that... You can say some are just low points, but there's yeah. none that you would just say that was They're bad. not unwatchable. I'll, every single one of them you could watch like over and over. There's some. There's definitely some weird ones, like the uh, I Was a Teenage Gary. Yeah. No one ever talks about that, that one. Was, that was one of the infamously like non-broadcasted episodes like there's so many there's some episodes there's gotta be a reason for there's some episodes they just do not air and i'm just wondering if they got such they got low viewership when they first came out so they just don't air them anymore that that episode the valentine's day episode and the paper episode are all very unaired to the point where some people like if you just ask them on a whim they would probably vaguely remember it, but almost not remember it like existing. I didn't remember the paper one until we started rewatching the series for this podcast. One of the episodes they do not broadcast at all, and I don't understand why. The Valentine's one they do if it's Valentine's Day. They show the Valentine's one around Valentine's Day, but even then... I defy you, heart man! But even then, it's uh, just one of those episodes most people... Most people, if unless they just watch SpongeBob, you know, right. all the time, like we have, yeah, all the time, like we have, they probably don't even know that episode exists. Mm. Outside of some of the memes people have made of that episode, yeah, this is when SpongeBob is up on his house and he's like, SpongeBob summon animal friends, and he's he uses he the like paper a as a loincloth. <laughs> he looks like a dolphin. Yeah, very strange. It's, it's odd how many memes have come from those episodes <laughs> that aren't broadcast very but much. But this one, I would say, it's medium tier as far as like people have seen it. But it's like, cause right now, you turn to Nickelodeon, they're showing seasons 6 through 8. We don't know why. Why are they not showing the old ones? Is it because they're not widescreen? I don't know. But like, yeah, every time I turn it over there, because we, we have Spongebob, we have all three seasons, um... Not on on the te- television, so we don't have to worry about commercials and all that other kind of stuff. But um, 
Yeah, but well, if you turn over to the Nickelodeon and uh, Nicktoons, it's like season six through seven. Like, season's just like six and up. I just don't know why. Like, and I'm not seen. I don't think I've seen any of them past eight. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't think of a single episode like maybe past eight or nine. I just, you know, we stopped watching television altogether a few years ago, so we weren't be going to be able to watch, you know, these newer episodes. But that's also but at the same time, our interest in it fell off because right. of the quality. It's just not as funny. Yeah, the quality slowly went down, and we still, you know, like some of the seasons after three, but obviously none of them hold Season up. Season four has some okay moments. I like the one with the claw machine and Krusty Towers. Like we said in previous episodes, but they're not as funny. They're just neat. Um, I am. Rent- I still haven't seen the two claymation specials. I really do want to see those. Uh, the the the, anim- the claymation Christmas one and uh, Bikini Bottom, uh, the Halloween one. Those two look really good, just from a technical uh, aspect. Um, but I am looking forward to these Halloween, the original Halloween episode. And the first Christmas now, the, episode. Uh, the original Halloween episode is also one of the infamously non-broadcast ones. Mainly right. due to its very creepy ending. Well, and it's a Halloween episode. They'll yeah, save they it for show Halloween. It. They save it for Halloween, and that's the only time they show it, though. So a lot of people also don't remember that one very well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to those. I'm looking forward mostly to season two and three. Uh, just because it's just a laugh fest. It is so funny the other day uh me and my whole family we watched like three episodes uh one one was squidward's ghost which is flawless everyone was laughing so funny uh probably my favorite uh just thing about this episode of course we talked about them the sequence of them not doing the water and stuff but i just like sandy i like that's just a great character it's just a very creative design. You know, Steven Hillenburg is very, very creative. You know, who would think, let's have this squirrel in like a scuba dive, right. you know, spacesuit underwater who does karate. That's like, basically like a, not a like an anti-girlfriend for Spongebob. It's like, she is a girlfriend, but she's not. But yeah, like, yeah. I like that. It's never implicitly said that like they're dating or that they're girl like boyfriend and girlfriend, but they obviously clearly have some chemistry. That's right. You know, straight out of this episode. She is the first female character introduced because Gary's also a boy. Every yeah, every single every single character up until this point uh, is a guy. Yeah, yeah. So this is the, technically the first female character, and then later on we'll get uh, Mrs. Puff. Yes. And SpongeBob's grandmother and his parents. Well, of course, a lot of background characters that yeah, are you know, they're, they're to, female. Yeah, but... implied to be women, but these are the the first time we get a, a girl, an actual like main character. So some of the best introduced. episodes are the one that are just SpongeBob and Sandy, and SpongeBob trying to impress her, like ripped pants, uh, the one where they face off, uh, and uh, karate choppers, karate choppers, uh, yeah, Alaskan bullworm. Great episodes. Some of the best ones Sandy's in, and Squidward's not. It's like, you know, the ones where Squidward and Sandy are in are good, but I think they work better if they're separated. Yeah, when there's these, you know, Spongebob and Squidward, Spongebob and Squidward obviously have their own thing going on. 
with how they uh, interact with each other. Yeah, we and talked they're, about they're that all, last Yeah, in their whole own way. But SpongeBob and Sandy are uh, completely different right. because they have some really good chemistry going on and they interact in a whole different way. Especially in the pre-hibernation week episode. Yeah. Where Sandy is like full-blown... I'm going to do everything I can that's awesome before I go to sleep for like three months or more. Um, yeah, that one's really good. Um, it's That one's not as much funny as it is like it's just amazing to watch that one be animated. And it, I mean, there, there's a little funny episode moments in it. But yeah, yeah, I, I like that one. Yeah. Sandy's a great character. Uh, I don't think we get really like lame characters until like you know, later on, like, because right now, it's just, like, every new character they introduce, every, perfectly fits in the tapestry, every, the giant puzzle at Spongebob. <laughs> every character is so unique, yet works together so perfectly. You never see two characters that just don't work together. Like, you see characters, you know, not work together, but not in terms of writing or actual characterization. Correct. Well, I think that about wraps it up for Tea at the Tree Dome. Um, we would like to thank Anchor for allowing us to create a podcast absolutely free and put it on every podcast platform. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, Radio Public, Overcast, and many more. Have you heard of half of those? Some of those are pretty popular, but yeah, the big three we were very excited about when we got the message was Apple, Google, and Spotify. Uh, so definitely search Bikini Bottom Live on your favorite podcast listening platform if you don't want to use Anchor anymore to listen to us. I don't listen to podcasts, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do, uh, but yeah. Uh, I, it is exciting, and we, we are getting some traction, especially on Reef Blur, I guess because it's so short. Uh We've had 60 listens now, which, you know, you're like, oh, I guess 60, you know. It's like, don't think of this like a YouTube video. This is podcast. It's actually, you know, it's hard to get the word out on podcasts because people like to see things. But, um, yeah, it's exciting. And we're actually starting to market the show uh, around the town we live in. Uh, put a little bit of flyers and stickers up with QR codes. People, you know, because, you know, this is a SpongeBob podcast that's being made in, uh, college town and we want people to know about it um but we are going to try to set up an email uh so people can contact us uh we're not going to have a website because that we're using anchor instead of hosting it off of our own eventually 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 we might get a website but as for right now uh we're just going to have it on anchor yeah it's just a great service and it the page looks good it loads quick. Uh, it, see, it it links you to every other and app. And you can just you know listen to it right on their website. It also links you to my own website if you would like to see my YouTube channel, my new cartoon Frank, my clothing store, and a link to this podcast. So if you want to go there, go to landonlevette.wixsite forward slash creative. But I think that about wraps it up for Tea at the Tree Dome. I'm Landon. And I'm McKinley. And thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.